Hi, I'm Mason Dukacek. Ms. Shancock. And today we wanted to talk about a topic that's not real pleasant, but it is important. Right. And that is workplace violence and how to prevent it. And violence, you know, I, I, I was sharing with Mason um, that we I recently did a, an event for TEDx Gateway Arch and we had Dr. Lori Punch on her stage and she was talking about violence is an epidemic. I mean, it's it's scary how it's so out there right now. Well, I stumbled across an article that I wanted to share with our viewers and with our listeners. It was uh, business.com. It was called Workplace Violence, How Your Business Should Prepare and React. And it was written by Sky Schooley, who's one of the business writers for the site. And, and I really I thought there were some good ideas in there. And some really interesting information. It was. Um, one of the first things that she talked about was identifying high-risk industries and employees. Then she talked about uh, creating a workplace violence plan, training employees on workplace violence and prevention guidelines, and then suggested a simple checklist to ensure a violence-free work environment. A um, couple of things that I thought were interesting. Did anything jump out of you on this, Mish? Well, you know, I mean, look, I, mean, I, I think it is really important to, if you have a high-risk work environment, and they, she talked about what, what does that mean, people that deal with the public a lot, people that... Um, she, she called out like social workers and people that deal with psychological type issues with people. Yes. That's, those are high risk industries for violence. So putting awareness on that is a big deal. But it's also uh, something you and I have talked about often is are you matching the right person for that particular environment? Yes. You know, if you don't, if you're hiring someone that really can't handle that kind of, you know, is not good with the public, right? That has a short fuse or what have you, that's not the place for that person. Right. So knowing that up front would be, will help you in the end. You're making sure you're putting the right people in the right place. You know, some of the other risk factors that the author talked about in this article was the things like, uh, Substance abuse. I mean, if someone's got a substance abuse issue, right. they can tend to be a little bit more volatile and less reasonable, um, could overreact to things that they might not overreact to. And um, the other thing we talked about doing was background checks, right. reference checks. Yep. Um, now, obviously, a lot of folks will only give employers bad references. <laughs> if they do, boy, you really got to worry. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it because you, know, you might get lucky and get some feedback from someone exactly. that that could help you and you can't get it if you don't ask for it. Right. Um, drug tests, obviously, you know, I'm a fan of those as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, particularly someone's operating heavy machinery, equipment, things like that where they could cause harm to themselves or to right. others if they're operating under the influence of influence something. substance. But, yeah. um, you know, but even on that, but, uh, you know, drug tests only show you someone's been clean for roughly 30 days. Right. Hair right. You. But, um, unless you're doing hair tests, but, um, the downside of that is, you know, what about people who've got high-risk attitudes you don't know? So I am a fan of and, and proponent of uh, and provider of uh, <laughs> all, uh, you know, assessment tools that measure um, attitudes towards substance abuse. Yeah. Um, and in the realm of, you know, since we're talking about the topic of, of assessments and employment tools, um, I would piggyback on what the author said here. You know, she talks about, you know, the, the high-risk work environments. I want to know two things as an employer when it comes to matching a person. 
to the job. I want to know how they match the job, and I want to know how they match the supervisor they're working with. Right. The relationship is huge. Because they don't they say, you will quit the company, they quit the boss. Right. Well, in a case like on a topic such as violence in the workplace, I think uh, you know, turnover you know, is expensive as it is. Right. And as much of a hassle as it is, it would be preferable if a high-risk, volatile employee left than if they stayed. Exactly, and then cause bigger cause problems. Bigger problems. Right. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes turnover, turnover is a good thing. A lesser of two evils in this case. Right. Ideally, you in, a, in real world, you don't <laughs> you get the right person in the right position the first time working for the right person, and you don't have the drama of the conflict that. Because turnover is expensive. It is. It just is. But compared to workplace violence, which is bad press, right? Lawsuits, you know, going to cost you less. If, if you have the, if you have to do turnover in this instance, yes. Correct. So yeah. I mean, if you take a, you know, you take a position of, of someone who's, and, and these are traits you can measure. You can measure someone's tension level. Someone, mm-hmm. someone, someone's super high strung. Right. Um, and they are not flexible. Flexibility is another trait you can measure. You know, I've done that. I've got different assessment tools to measure those things. But right. If I, you know, if I just take two of those traits, and there's a bunch of different traits you can measure, but let's just say I take two of them, then. Uh, I want to know um, if I got if I got a high tension person who's inflexible and they're put in a work environment that requires them to be um, to deal with stuff that changes all the time. Right. Yes. And, and they like, can't like, deal with a high rate of change, and you're in a high rate of change environment. This will not work. And if they're super high tension, yeah. super high strung, you know, and if they're anxious or substance use, they come to work on an influence. I mean, that's just like the trifecta of. of <laughs> Bad news. This is not good. So, so this, this employee will not do. So yeah. you know, and there's other things where you actually may have an employee. You know, you do a good background check, you do a good reference check, you find out that they're a good fit, blah 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 blah, and maybe there's they don't match with a particular supervisor. You know, there right. are behavioral assessment tools out there that you can use, and I am a proponent of that can help you look at the relationship between team leaders and team members and exactly. where points of conflict are likely to occur and solve them before they occur, right. solve, solve them before they happen. Right. Or if you've got super combustible elements, it's just like keeping gasoline and sparks separated. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, both ga- gasoline <laughs> and, f- and fire are both very useful. Need them for something, but, but together, not together. So, much. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I just, I think that if employers can can minimize risks on things like that, and, and it's not even just with applicants; it's current employees. I mean, if you have, if you got, exactly. I was going to ask about that. Like, can they, can they give this sort of test to the employees they have right now? I, there are assessment tools that you can administer, behavioral assessment tools that you can administer to current employees that will yes. evaluate their behavioral style. And when you evaluate the behavioral behavioral style in comparison to what a job requires, you can identify. Risk areas. Right. It's not difficult to do. The same. You can also utilize behavioral assessments. Um, there are ways to evaluate the relationship between team leaders and team members. Okay. And one of the ways, if, if a company has a very good employee, one of the ways to get that good employee, or keep that good employee, may just be to put them under the supervisor, under a different supervisor. Right. So you you get the benefit of that good employee. They can stay a long time. The risk of tension and conflict is reduced, and everyone wins. But you know, that's not stuff I would think to, to, to guesswork. Right, no. Well, and also, many times, if you have the conversation up front, and these tools allow you to have that conversation up front. In non-threatening ways. Right. 
Because if I'm sitting here and I'm evaluating, you say, oh, miss, you know, I'm your supervisor and I think you're doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. You know, she I'm may, on the defense. She, and you may want, right. she may want to be kicking me in the shin, right. you know, or sabotaging my work projects or whatever it is she wants to do because she thinks I'm being a jerk, which I might be being a jerk. Right. But, but irrelevant. But the point is, is, you know, when you have something, a third-party tool or system that can, I guess, make very important and necessary conversations that are uncomfortable happen because they're necessary, then the company wins. You know, the other thought, too, is maybe you're not being a jerk. Maybe that's your way of thinking you're being helpful. You know what I mean? And so having those open lines of communication and having the tools to help you have the open lines of communication, that's going to help everybody. Yes. You know, because it may just be, all right, Mason, when you talk to Mish, this is this is probably a better way to talk to her. Yes. Or Mish, when Mason is talking like that, you may need to remind him, Wait, it sounds like you're really mad at me. Are you mad at me? Right. You know, I'm not mad. No, I'm not mad at you. Wait, you're taking that. So, so it's like having that open line of communication and that can help everything and right. everybody around you in your workplace, right? Yes, absolutely. A couple of other things I thought were very interesting about her article. She, she talked about creating a workplace violence plan, um, said that, uh, and I guess let's we'll see who was it that uh, in the article they talked about. Uh, assessing how to assess a potentially violent situation, how to report incidents of workplace violence, how to get help, warn other employees and secure the workplace when needed, when and how to involve the police and gather information to assist in an, to assist in an investigation, and uh, also figure out how you will initiate follow-up activities like debriefing employees and resuming operations. Um, so. Uh, that makes it's sense great. To me. I mean, it, it's great to have a plan like this. You don't ever want to have to implement it. You don't you implement, know, implement, yes, implement, use it. Yeah, like you, you know, you, you, we hope you never have to implement it, and maybe some of these tools can help to, you know, lessen the the, the need to ever implement. It. But it is definitely something that they should have, like an insurance policy. I yeah. don't want, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want everyone to have to use it, but I want to be glad I had it. Exactly. In case exactly. Happened. Um, then she talked about tra training your employees in workplace violence prevention guidelines. And then when it got down to following a simple checklist to ensure a violence-free work environment, thought the author was on point. Made comments about creating a zero-tolerance policy for work violence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a no-brainer. Uh, establishing a process where employees can safely and anonymously report threatening activity, no matter where it comes from. That is a really, that's really good. That's up to And I think that leaves employees, that you're going to feel safer if you know there's a place that you can, someone you can go talk to that you're not going to be like, oh, so, so and so came to my office and told me this about you, right? You right. know, I think it's very good. Uh, implement the see something, say something policy. Yeah. Install security entrances and video surveillance. That way people, you know, it's odd though. I think sometimes, I mean, you have to have it. So you would think people think, hey, I'm being watched. That would, I need to be considerate and conscientious about how, but sometimes people just get so comfortable with that stuff. Well, like, that's reality shows, yes. right? Re that's why reality shows could become reality shows because at some point they forget the cameras are there. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, again, does it need to Absolutely. Yes. However, you know, I don't, that's certainly, none of these things are catch all, end all. No. Uh, establish safe places for employees to take refuge during violent events. Consider identification badges and electronic key access to the workplace. Uh, potentially hire security guards, um, particularly if the business is in a high crime area. Right. Um, develop the right security plan and consult with security experts. I, 
I like that. Yeah, it's a really good article. I thought it was really I thought it was on point, and um, you know, it draws attention to something that you know you hear about these workplace violence issues that erupt, and you think, how come no one saw this coming? Almost with two million, right? Is it wasn't that what she said in the article that two million people per year see, experience say, violence in the workplace? It was. Let's see. Let's get the. Find out right now. Two million yes. American workplace violence victims. can range yeah. from threats and verbal abuse to physical assaults and even homicide, making it one of the leading causes of job-related deaths. OSHA says that nearly two million American workers are the victims of workplace violence each year. That's pervasive. That's a lot of. That's workers. an epidemic. And uh, my hope is that anybody listening or watching today can take some of these thoughts and some of these perspectives and implement them and their businesses so that the risk of workplace violence in their place of business minimizes, minimizes, is minimized yeah. they don't end up being part of statistics on there. Because I mean, it's just, this is one of those things where it's like, well, I can't imagine that happening here. Well, Neither could anybody that's probably dealing with it. Right. Yeah. So best wishes to each of you listening and watching, and I hope this has been helpful.